Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. This is Nicholas Luna. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Welcome to Radio Free Brooklyn's Lost and Rewound. On- it, should, it should have been Bienvenidos. <laughs> Bienvenidos. That's welcome, baby. Not okay, a, fine. Family. Bienvenidos. Yes. Family. You're screwing up our whole Hispanic you, all right, demographic that I bring Hispanic, to the show. <laughs> then you do it. We'll try it one more time. No, this is this is the show. We're already... This, we're in. <laughs> we're in. <laughs> we're not redoing the intro. We're in. We're in already. This is Lost and no. Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Alan. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Allison. I like when we haphazardly fall into the intro. I think that's the best way to start the show. I think we should always haphazardly fall into everything. <laughs> I don't think haphazardly should be a word anymore, and we should probably get rid of it. Haphazard. Haphazardly fall out of the bed. Like, who came up with what's, that word? What, what's the haphazardly ha- makes some eggs? Is, what's the hap, though? Is that what it, I'm what? wondering what's the hap part. What? I get the hazard part. What hap- if I un- unhaphazardly? Unhaphazardly? I'm so like you, you, you intentionally? Yeah, you're unhappy with the hap, the hap part of it. But the hazard part is okay. Haphazardly. We'll, we'll say, right? Put, put on your boots yeah, well, instead okay. of your sneakers. Is there a better warning word than hazard that we wanted to use? Just screaming. <laughs> just, or just a... Haphazardly. The scream painting. Redirect your browsers uh, when you get a chance to Radio Free Brooklyn's pledge page. That's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash pledge. Guy, this guy with the money pitch. <laughs> Yes, he's he's absolutely right, people out there. Uh, that's true again. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash pledge. So you can support the show and make sure that this really important dialogue about word syntax, I suppose. Oh, you're doing a really <laughs> good job, Jimmy. Oh, thank you. I'm blushing. You can't tell the radio. <laughs> um, and then if you want to personally give us your money, <laughs> it's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash LAR. You know, we take Sacagawea. We don't take Amex. Um, we do take Amex. We do take Amex. We do. Really? We don't take Discover. No. 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 Who uses Discover? Uh, we take, you can mail snacks. Um, we like snacks. My, an aunt. <laughs> I get a lot of Someone's Discover cards lately. Discover really? you're like, who invited her? That's fast. People pay for a lot of pizza with Discover. They're discovering pre- like pizza. Uh, people are discovering pizza. Are these, are haphazardly these, discovering pizza. What's the pizza? difference between someone with a Discover and an American Express card then? Because you oh, see a lot of people oh, eating jeans. pizza, and this like, is like boiling down all of humanity to so, people who eat pizza. Okay, so like the guy who uses his Discover card to buy pizza uses, uh, he, he buys his jeans at Bob's. <laughs> okay. I would say the guy that has the Amex card all is right. like, I would say maybe Madewell. You know, he cool. might be able you know, going to Madewell or... American Eagle, perhaps. So, so Banana Republic. So you strictly branding people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, See, w- my one mission. My one mission in life. Is <laughs> For me, it's brand. like I don't. I, yeah. Like I think I'm like, oh, that guy was wearing a shirt that he needed to throw away five years ago. That's all I can think about. For Discover <laughs> guys, he's <laughs> definitely got way too many stains on it. And then I think um, I could maybe he wants to donate it because I like those old shirts. <laughs> 
We uh, have a great show for you lined up this week. But before we begin, a reminder that if you are interested in hearing any of our past episodes, check out all of our stuff on Podomatic. We have a page there. Go to lostandrewound.podomatic.com for all past episodes. And if you want to submit anything for the show, lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org is our address. Yay, email. Yay, email. Who gets credit for inventing email? Is that guy like Rich? He better be. I, I've never heard of him. Haphazardly created an email. I wish that you could say that. Yo, I invented email, baby girl. He haphazardly invented <laughs> baby girl. That'd be the, really? Well, that's a test. I mean, baby if, girl. If you invented email, you could like speak to women that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Rain it in, y'all. Rain it in. With- You'd have all the power in the world that people only knew <laughs> if they would believe you. If they'd only believe me. Let's begin. interview is scheduled to begin very shortly and features a guest that you may have heard on Radio Free Brooklyn once before. Hailing from Cleveland, Ohio, weighing none of your goddamn business, but with a beard that weighs as much as my senior chihuahua, he is a five-year member of the Magna Theater Sketch Group Junior Varsity, author of two books, Haiku Circus and How to Lose Your Virginity and How Not to, and the reigning disputed champion of Dig Dug, Sean Wickens! <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, was, what a, what a Hap- f- yeah happy to be here. <laughs> what did I? What did I miss? <laughs> um, well, C- catch me up. I was going to say, you, yeah. you, you must be ready to fight, dude. That was, uh, oh yeah, like literally that. I don't think we've ever. That was the most work I've ever or, seen in or, one of these intros. Or take it to the hole. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. D- depending on what sport we're. Uh, <laughs> We're playing. <laughs> um, Taking it to the hole is definitely like a, a really bad phraseology. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> is it basketball that just has a lot of double entendres like that? How he's the jamming All it in. All sports have double entendres. Oh, yeah. Football, definitely. Jamming in. Yeah. Uh, wow. tight, tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the biggest one. You know, I. Jamming in my tight ends. I'm telling you, that, that was. Um, <laughs> I a squeeze play, yeah, but I know these are like. It's one of the first times I've ever heard that one. For some reason, it uh, never clicked. Oh man! When somebody lights those the comedy that like links the wires in your brain, sometimes right, right. you're like, oh no, I'm, <laughs> it's I'm, all coming to me. I feel like I'm kind of on a fresh glow kick because I got a chance to finally watch it, and it was so brilliant. But it also reminded me that like '80s wrestling was so fucking good. Uh, '80s, a lot of stuff was good. 80s video games. 80s was when life was good. Glow, the, Glow was good, but I would say that the documentary about that I want to see that was too. like ten times better. Yeah, it was kind of amazing. I haven't seen it yet, yeah. I, but I do love Lucha. <laughs> I think Lucha is the best. Have, have you seen the uh, Lucha Underground yet? Uh. Uh-uh. They have this. It's like the first American broadcast Lucha show. Oh yeah, it's all on Netflix. They dropped like sixty-five episodes. Oh wow! <laughs> because they're like, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you're using Netflix 
as a form of control over society. I think they're secretly funding Netflix, and that's how they can afford to pay comedians yeah. $20 million a special. You don't need any evidence. <laughs> uh, it's a sound conspiracy theory, just that alone. You know? Yeah. There's, why would you why would you need to have a revolution when you can just go home mm. and you know catch up on 65 episodes of an American right <laughs> I want to find out what happens on Peaky Blinders I can't throw this Molotov cocktail I you know what's great is I <laughs> I literally did this bit last night and I, <laughs> I said Peaky Blinders oh, and yeah. I did the bit man and uh, there's nothing there's nothing like having a razor blade in your hat no <laughs> No, plenty of tricks up your sleeves, always. Sean, your involvement in Dig Dug really piqued my interest because, incidentally, I went and visited the Museum of Moving Image recently. I've heard uh, good tales from people who've visited there. I've not been there yet. Jim Henson Exhibit is there right now. Yeah. Have to catch that if any of y'all are interested in seeing that. But um, they have arcades there. Um, I think they have the same arcades there as they always do. Last time I was there was like nine years ago. But I saw Dig Dug and I... I was rather intrigued because it seems like you can basically just get lost in digging forever. Well, yeah, I guess my involvement with Dig Dug needs some explanation. You know how you just think of things and they make you laugh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, that, did, that does that ever happen to you guys? Too, yeah, yeah. too much, yeah. really. <laughs> so I don't even remember what I was doing, but I, for some reason, this tweet popped in my head and it made me laugh. And it was, hey, Barcade, you got Dig Dug? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like a funny phrase. And, of course, they responded because that's what the social media is there for, you know. And But a bunch of people liked it. And then I just started asking other random arcades and barcades around the country if they got Dig Dug. And I can't stop doing it because people will take photos of themselves when they find it and then send it to me. And I'm always like, great. <laughs> I don't actually, I really don't care. So it's just funny. a funny sentence that, to me. Yeah, that's. I like when people fall in love with your jokes, and you have no idea why. Yeah, you're like, like, how did that happen? It's not yeah. at all the joke that you thought would stick. Right. And people are like, it's oh just my repetition, God. pretty much. It's just, you know, I did it three times, and then people are ready to like more. Nobody. We've, I've actually. This is the first conversation I've had about it. Actually. I feel like the next time I see a dig dug machine, I'm gonna take a photo of it and send it to you. Right. Like, right. Because this is now hilarious to me. Did you uh, play a lot of arcade when you were younger? Uh, I don't think I played more or less than any other kid. <laughs> it was pretty average. Yeah. The average, I would say. Are you good at Dig Dug now? No, I've actually not played the game probably in the last decade. All right. Yeah. I thought it was going to say ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which just makes it even I remember playing it as a kid and the, at one point feeling like this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Why is the there second. Goes your, there goes your Dig Dug sponsor. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Why is level two hard? <laughs> You know, I was one of those guys with those old 8-bit games. Mm. I was exactly the same way. The moment I lost, I was like, well, I'm not really going to play that anymore. Right, yeah. <laughs> so you you weren't really playing much video games when you were younger? How did uh, you entertain yourself at that? At no, I did video games. I just, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't, I guess, call myself a gamer. I don't know. If, I couldn't tell you what video game I'm great at. I did beat Ninja Gaiden when I was 12. Oh, really? <laughs> Dude, that's, Which, that's that a, is a notoriously tough game. hard That is game. a tough game, yeah. So... But I gave up on Castlevania. That's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, I don't really play board games, but every so often I go to Russia and play a little chess. You right, know what I mean? Right. <laughs> when you were in uh, Cleveland, then uh, what did you do with your spare time if you weren't playing video games? Were you big into sports, or what was your? your... It's not big into sports. I did track. <laughs> you're, dude, He's you're, a runner. You're, yeah, your face was the perfect. I was, I was a geek face. Sure, yeah, yeah. I could show you tr uh, track ribbons that I got with from as a child. Um, 
it, I don't, so it, you're fast at running away from the boat. No, I did long distance. I was a, a long Dude, distance runner. Yeah, I, I think running is is a cool sport. I right. I don't know why. I always was just like, yeah do it dude like, yeah it's as old as time i feel like i would have been good at it but when i graduated from eighth grade and like i was like maybe i'll go out for track in high school they're like all right train over the summer and i was like oh. no <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly my exit from athletics too right <laughs> I, I, I tried out for the baseball team they're like well you made the team yeah practices at 6 a.m i was like in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I can't imagine man. you getting up at 6 a.m. to play sports at all. Right. I lived an hour away from the field. Wow. Oh, I had man. to get up at 4 a.m. to swim long course, and like my mom would make me get up at 4 a.m. Yeah, I would have had to get up at 4. I the calculated summers, the timing. I was like, that ain't going to happen. In like yeah. April, that water was cold, man. Uh, yeah, I didn't do swim team for the same reason after one summer. The second summer, I went back and I went in the water. And then I realized that it wasn't for me because oh. I also didn't have the physique that nearly allowed me to uh, exactly. feel. Well, because you get to a point where you just you look at your body and you say, I don't think I really want people to see this. I looked, in, I looked at <laughs> baseball players or professionals <laughs> and I looked at myself and then I projected my, my future outcome by looking at my dad and uncles. And I looked at baseball players, and I looked at my dad and uncles, and I said, there is nothing similar about these two people. No, no Kirby Puckett? I said, you know, you look at the smallest baseball player, and I imagine my dad playing baseball. Oh, wait. I, for some reason, I was like, oh, your dad and uncle must have been out of shape. But they're all thin, is what you're they're saying. They're just little, they're slight. skinny yeah. guys. And I, I mean, can't it's think like, of a slight baseball player, yeah. Uh, I, you know, there are a few, but they have like a natural athleticism to them. And um, my dad is a guy who would naturally spill like mustard on his shirt. <laughs> So I just sort so of, the perfect baseball spectator. Yes, there yes. He just the right amount of obscenities so that he doesn't get anyone around him angry, but he can get the guy irritated on the field too. Yeah, I've realized you don't want to curse at the baseball game. That's when you reserve those terms, like calling a guy a bum. Oh, uh, one of my favorite baseball memories was I was in the bleachers at the Yankees. They were playing the Red Sox. It was when I first moved here. It was the year that the Red Sox when ended up winning here? the World Series. Oh, wait. When yeah. did you move here? What then? an awful year. 2004, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And uh, no, we were in the bleachers. Oof, yeah. That was like, that's one of the worst years of my life, honestly. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I, we were in the bleachers. This is a hilarious favorite baseball moment. But we are in the bleachers and some kid, some like eight-year-old, yells at Johnny Damon, Hey, Johnny, I heard they crucified you at the end of The Passion of the Christ because <laughs> he had long hair. It was like such a wow convoluted... Jeez. What did he say? Yeah. I did think he, he like, turned around and just like shook his head or something, yeah. Oh, but I mean, man. everybody... I've heard that one before. <laughs> Jesus joke. <laughs> yeah. Nice one, buddy. <laughs> I heard they crucified... Yeah. Again, um, that kid, he's trying to cut him deep. Yeah, uh, it's got to be delivered from the voice of an eight-year-old. That's I, what it makes I, it really funny. And his dad high-fived him. All these other grown, <laughs> grown men were high-fiving him. And then I yeah, got, man. and then later that same game, I got yelled at for wearing a uh, Cincinnati Reds hat. But why? That, yeah, really. You know, you know what? I, as they if don't they, have a prize in the fight. They've never had a prize in the right, fight. Right. When's the last time they had a prize in the fight, James? It's like this: if they wanted to really appreciate baseball and they were true fans, you'd yeah. be like, "This is the original team. <laughs> sure, this yeah. is the oldest team. I'm just a lover of the game." I didn't I just, know that. Oh, I'm gonna have a kid as a Reds fan. So didn't know. Uh, I had that. <laughs> I had that hat. Yeah, the child. I inherited that hat because a buddy of mine left it in my car before I moved. Yeah. And then he said he didn't want it back. That's got, the best. <laughs> they got, yeah. They got the best mascot, too. It's the, think the of baseball. Mr. It's Met, Mr. Yeah. Met, but evil. 
Oh, <laughs> he's got a mustache. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And he evil. and he came like sixty years to the, like earlier to the scene, and uh, he's got a maniacal look to Mr. Right, Red, Mr. Right. Redlegs. It's just uh, Mr. Met with facial hair. With uh, no, ironic, Mr. Met is just a shaved version of him. Oh, I oh. See. That, that's New York for you, Sean. What, yes. <laughs> what is uh, the uh, case then with uh, your upbringing? Uh, you're more of the sort of the uh, nerdy sensibilities, maybe. Perhaps uh, I'm kind of leading into the fact that uh, I know that you were on our friend Jarrett Bernstein's uh, show a few months ago, or right. a month or so. I guess a, maybe a few weeks ago. Does that uh, gather a bunch of Nerdy kids, uh, nerdy as kids. Actually, uh, <laughs> at, well, no, actually, the the lead oh. in is, is is that Jimmy oh. right now is wearing a Star Trek t shirt. Oh, it's and true. You played on that episode that you were on, uh, Famous Dead People. Oh yeah, here on Ready for Broken, you did. Uh, I was Gene, Gene Roddenberry. Fascinating I, guy to research. No, knew none of this. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you think that I'm like, oh cool, I, I'll, I don't I'll think you know shit, dude. Well, I didn't come here to quiz you, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, when did you start drawing? I think in junior high, seventh grade, I was voted top class clown and third best artist. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Can that be on, that should be on your on your headstone? It should, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's really good. Yeah. What, you, what kind of stuff were you drawing back then? Um, it was like just looking at comic books and just drawing things or drawing like wrestlers. Mm. It wasn't anything great. You know what I mean? I was Did you hold on to those drawings? Uh, they're probably in my dad's attic somewhere. Yeah. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is oh, a big course, thing to draw. Course, course, yeah. I, I drew them incessantly. They were yeah. easy to draw. That was I, what was fun. That's about. right. I had journals when I was. Um, I started with the bandana. Oh, yeah. oh, that's all where that's where it should always be. You go, I used to like to, to go off the knot sometimes with the bandana, and then and then go. Wow. Yeah. What a what a great title for a book about yeah. teaching kids how to draw. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching kids how to draw Ninja Turtles specifically. <laughs> I turned squares into cubes. Hey, oh yeah, pencil. I, I couldn't do that for a long time. Drawing French triangles. Yeah, that stuff was fun. Drawing for me was actually a huge deal. Like I had to take a class just so that I knew how to draw anime eyes because I, could, I couldn't do it. You had to make it multi-layered and actually like have some kind of math. To Nobody it. is completely self-taught, so it's, I mean. You all need to be so taught right. something, yeah. It's true. Drawing when you were younger, <laughs> yes. you were inspired mostly by comic books. You, were, did you ever like read the Sunday Funnies or whatever? Uh, I read comic books, and I hated the Sunday Funnies. <laughs> you did? I, I read them, but I hated them. I was like, none of these are funny. I, 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 how, are, how are these people have jobs? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, even I, Calvin and Hobbes, though, really? I read Calvin and Hobbes. I, I, I didn't like love it. I don't know why. I just like I, I did link, lump it in with everything else. Oh, I, really? Yeah. That's unfair. Sorry. No. <laughs> Bill Watterson's spinning in his grave, evidently. Oh, yeah. Um, I like The Far Side. Chagrin. I think The Far Side was really, really I did smart. like The Far Side. Far Side, yeah. far side off, was smart. Off-the-wall calendars were yeah. like a gift that I got. See, that was yeah, a, they were good. My introduction with Far Side was books of them. So yeah. I, I put them in a different category of the Sunday funnies. I, my favorite Far Side was just this. It was the North Pole, and there's this like vast expanse of wasteland. You can barely see anything. It's just all the snow, and in the middle of it, you see a banana peel, and right next to it is a, is a penguin like laying flat on his back. <laughs> How did he not see it? Is the joke. This <laughs> um, is too smart. Yeah. How did you get into haiku circus? All right, this is a weird origin, but uh, I was living with two buddies of mine in college, and we had a. Uh, it was like our first apartment. You know, we had a tiny house, and uh, we had a dictionary on the kitchen table. 
for some weird reason. So sometimes when I was eating breakfast, I would flip through it. This is such a bizarre origin. But I found out that the word dinghy is not spelled the way I thought it was. D-I-N-G-Y, I believe. Or maybe there's an H, an H in there. D-I-N-G-H-Y. For some reason, I, f- I thought that was bonkers. I don't know why. <laughs> but and I was, so, is, so I was like is. doodling, and I drew this comic strip about two guys talking to each other. And one of them was like, let's go in my dinghy. But then the other one saw how he said it <laughs> and then funny. corrected the spelling of it. And yes. I was like, no, oh, this is funny. But that then is, somehow, That is good. Yeah. But then somehow I rewrote it and I was like, I don't know why, but I was like, I can rewrite this in three panels and have it five, seven, five to make it a haiku. And then that's how it started. That's a, I, that's a very. Dude, that is, the, that's, that awesome is, that's so high concept sure. for a comic. Right. I'm going to break the fourth wall and make it a high. <laughs> right. It's so brilliant because you don't even have to worry necessarily about drawing. You just like get stock images and then you write the words for them. For example, I know that there's like one where there's like a children crossing sign having a conversation with a handicap sign or like the clock just like talking about. Uh, I think it was a clock that was uh, talking to another clock or a clock talking to a calendar. Some, yeah, something like Yeah, I haven't looked at these in a while, but you're probably right. Yeah, so uh, these so full, full disclosure, they're not really that easily findable. But you can, if you go to the, the with the magic of the internet and archive.org, or the Wayback Machine. That's right. You could see you all can find them. The yeah, majority yeah. of these comics exist. Yeah, and uh, the reason I did it is at the time I was taking writing classes at Second City, Cleveland. There used to be a Second City in Cleveland. I was taking writing classes, mm. and one of the guys in my class, uh, this guy named Peter Gurren, he's the cartoonist for Ask Shag. It was a children's comic strip, and it was in a lot of, maybe not New York, but it was definitely in Cleveland. It was just like kids would write in letters to this dog, and he would share, like, knowledge to... It, it was a huge thing. The guy drove a Porsche. So it was like, <laughs> sort of like... It was uh, a huge comic strip. Yeah. You said to this dog? So the dog would answer the children. The dog would answer, So yeah. like Scruff McGruff the crime dog. Kind of, yeah. That's the only dog I know that gives advice. What's well, one sure. of the questions? Like, how long do dogs live? That's Maybe that's too <laughs> oh, dark. You had yeah. to ask him really just dog-related right, questions? Right, right. Okay. No, it was about anything nature-related. Like, why do the leaves change color? And he would answer that question. Oh, anyway, why did he have what was it about being an anthropomorphized dog that gave him more knowledge? It was that was that he must be knowledgeable because there's a magical essence to this dog. Yeah, person. Obviously. Yeah, he knows all. I think the dog just had the source of this guy who drew him (laughs) and that guy owned a set of encyclopedias. But so I, I I came up with a comic strip and I happened to have a comic strip writer artist nearby. I was like, what should I do? Because I originally didn't want to draw this. I was like, I can come up with these things. Maybe I can find a cartoonist. He was like, you can't do that. You have to draw them yourself. Send them out to some places, and then maybe you'll, whatever, get, you know, published somewhere. So I did 12 of them, because that's what he told me to do. And then after I did 12, I was like, I guess I could do these myself. And so I sent them to mostly college newspapers and then alternative weekly type of things like so Village is, Voice. You were in Cleveland, so you, the like Case Western or like any of the, the nearby universities? Like anywhere around. I like went hard on any college newspaper in the country, so in awesome. Canada, yeah. Anywhere yeah. there was like an English-speaking Even, population. See, 
That's how you know you were like going in when you were like, I'm sending these to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking outside of the box. Well, Literally. You, and you were taking improv or sketch when you were at Second City? I was taking sketch writing, yeah. That's so cool. How old were you then when you were doing that? 20, maybe. 21. What got you in? I, first of all, I didn't actually know that the Second City had a location in Cleveland. Yeah, it lasted like three years. Not long. Not long. But yeah. you, and then when they were closing and then people asked to go, it's Cleveland. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you uh, found out that they were coming, you found out and then you jumped on that opportunity. I actually missed the boat on the first round of classes. They were there and then they closed and they opened again. So, yeah, I was too stage frightish to do improv. So I was like, well, I'll do writing. And that's how that happened. What a fully embellished story. Yeah. <laughs> but now you're doing it to now. But yeah, now you are doing improv. Yeah, well, when I moved to New York, I heard about UCB and I was like, look, I've done some sketch writing. Maybe I'm funny on stage, you know? So I started classes there and then <laughs> cut to now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much, there is no I, in between. You I, have I, pieces I, of bread, there is no ham. I'm telling you, no, this, is, this, well, is, this is what's great when you bring, oh, you bring comedians well, on the show. Maybe some they butter. trim the fat. Sometimes yeah. it's too much, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes too much. <laughs> so I was born and here I am. Yeah. You know, uh, so, uh, you know, a little breastfeeding. <laughs> right. and, um, that was all she wrote. <laughs> I, I wanted to also discuss this other book that you wrote, which is about first times having sex. Right. You went across the country and talked to so many people. Yes. How many people did you interview and how many eventually made it to press? To I the, spoke to the publication. To, I interviewed a thousand people. A few friends, mostly strangers, and then I think there's like 210 stories in the book. It's a book about losing virginity. Your virginity. Yeah. Going up to people and saying, like, how did you lose your virginity? Oh, yeah. That is a good topic. That too. is really good. Do we, as the room uh, erupts in some very, like, pregnant pause, <laughs> do we want yes. to discuss? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I could too. Sure, I could too. Like, why right, not? Why right, not? This, is, this, is, this is what this show's about. Man. <laughs> yeah. Allison, let's start it off. So I was really good friends with this guy, Paul Felder. He's the Irish dragon. He's a UFC fighter. Oh. Um, if you look up, yeah, He's got to be buff. If what you weight look class? Up the what Irish, weight class? Yeah, I do want to know what weight class I, I want. Uh, one, 160 maybe? Oh. No, maybe 180? I don't know. I'd have to, I don't know. Cause he, so... He's, no, look up the Irish He's dragon. I, I banged I'm that. Doing it. Yeah. I was banging that on a <laughs> regular basis. Um, this sounds like a gloating story. Thank you. That's why I wanted to tell it. <laughs> we were really good friends, and he basically was like, I love you, or uh, I want to date you. And I was like, no, it's a freshman. And then uh, basically. That's a good face. I saw that face. Yeah. Continue. Continue. Did you see the body? Uh, uh, is he affable? Is he? <laughs> is he? Is he? Whoa. Hold that on, looks like I, after. I, that's got to be after a win. I have to, uh, <laughs> Nobody loses after, like, makes that face after a loss. Yeah. Imagine after he comes. That'd be yeah. good. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, so I, that's pretty great. The, the one fighter that celebrates when he loses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He but, wins all the. We're already interrupting this story more than anybody come on, imagined. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finish out. So, this, anyway, so I was like, no, no, I don't want to date anyone, you know. And then I realized I made a mistake, and I did want to date him. It was just like I had never dated anyone before. I just had friends and like hookups, and I, I was always really scared to date anyone because I always think ultimately it's not going to work out. Yeah. So I shut it down immediately. I get really drunk one night, and I was like, "Fuck me," and he was like, "No, you've never had sex before," and I was like, "No, please." So we banged. It was terrible. Because I was just drunk. We were both drunk. And just because it was the first time. And then the next day I woke up and went 
back to his dorm room, which is the floor below mine, and one of his Seinfeld DVDs that I had had, and I knocked <laughs> on the door, and he opened it, and he was like, yes, and I was like, you left the Seinfeld DVD. I'm in love with you. <laughs> and he was like, oh, it's, uh, nope, uh, I'm not, and uh, we're actually we're going on summer break, so I'll see you in a couple of months. And uh, I cried hysterically on the lifeguard stand for the entire uh, summer. What a fucking... Gutter. And then we dated for two and a half years. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Happy ending. Um, <laughs> now we're here. My story isn't much of a story. I simply will just say that I lost my virginity much later when I was 20. The girl that I was seeing at the time, uh, I only saw her for a few weeks because clearly uh, at that age, I was still in that mode of dating where it was clearly on the same level as most high school hookups. So I hadn't really reached that long-term relationship level in my life yet. And she had every right to be like, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why, why, did, why, did, why is that like the exact phraseology that the chick will even use? Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. That, it's, this is a lot harder for me. <laughs> what about you, dude? So I was in high school. I was like, I was one of the first of my friends to lose my virginity. And it wasn't like I was ever thinking about it. But I ended up dating this girl. And she was like very ready to have sex. And then <laughs> another one of my friends was like, yeah, you know, you remember when like you know, this other guy dated her back in the day and like she wanted to have sex with him and he was like not having it. And I was like, "Ooh, that's a red flag. But I'm 15. So yeah. if she's like, let's do it. Let's just dive in. And like, I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, I'll be all right. This will be cool. And she calls me up crying one morning to oh. come over. We hadn't really planned it or anything. She'd said, you know, we should have sex. And I was like, that's a good idea. So that was like where we were at. And she went only two blocks <laughs> away from each other in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> she calls me in the morning and she's just like, it was this. I, I thought it was completely unrelated. She's just like, come over. I'm, I'm having such a hard time. And I was like, okay. And she was in this all black dress. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? And she's like, I have to go to my grandfather's funeral. Uh, oh, yeah. and I was wow. like, and I was like, oh, that's so bad. Like, did you want me to come with you? She's like, no, 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 no. It's just a family thing. But I just really need something before I go. Oh, <laughs> oh. We had sex like on her couch while she pulled up the, the funeral dress. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as it was over, she was like, "You gotta go." <laughs> and I left after that. And I remember having this weird feeling of like accomplishment, but also I knew how how wrong and strange that was. Sure. Even at, at fifteen, I was like, "This is just." But more common than you probably know. Yeah. I think in the book there's a story of a lady who lost her virginity because her boyfriend or just good friends, their parent died. It was all a day of the funeral. Yeah. Sean, what about you? Mine kind of led to the wanting to explore this a little bit because sure. mine was like shameful in a way. I was also a little older myself, and I did not tell her that it was my first time because I was mm. embarrassed by it. She later found that out and was like very pissed off. Really? <laughs> yeah. Which, how did, how did, how did I don't your, see why you'd get angry. Like, what's whatever? When that kind of thing happens, I'm curious. What's the initial thing that she says to you to voice her displeasure? Oh, it was you? like, why were you not honest with me? What's to be honest? Did she ask you if you'd done it before? Who asks that? Well, I, I'm sure she expected for me to like be like, "Hey, <laughs> I just want you to." <laughs> this is my before first we time. go anywhere, yeah. before we go any further, I just want to let you know I'm going to be, you know, really upfront with you. I'm just going to say this because you got to know because I know you're going to want to know. And was if I don't tell you now, I got to let you know. Which she was not a virgin. She's I mean, not, it's like this. Yeah. Like that's like something trying to like coming in and warning someone you're Jewish. 
<laughs> like, be careful. Be careful. Like, you're going to feel guilt, and then it's going to be. But, I mean, part of the reason that I didn't share that is because it was a whole environment of, like, not being open about it and being shameful about the whole thing. You know what I mean? So I understand why I didn't share. I understand why she was upset that I didn't, you know, wasn't more upfront about it. Was it good? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It wasn't like, I'll never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, I, yeah. I, I, like off the bucket list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we want to get pretty deep, I've lasted longer than I thought I would. If hey. that, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a good thing. I yeah, remember watching the clock thing. thinking, oh. I wonder yeah. how long it will be. You hear the stories and the tales. Did you bring a stopwatch? Well, I, I, luckily, I was watching television at the same time. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think Conan might have been on when we... I don't remember what was on, yeah. but I think it was cartoons for me, which makes me feel or also bad. Yeah, or it might have been infomercials. It's hard to remember. Echo in the Bunnymen, oh, live in Liverpool to music. Oh. oh, this has been great. Let's take a quick break, a brief breather, and when we return, um, we're going to actually get to what Sean Wickens has for us this week on Lost and Rewound Radio Free Brooklyn. Mr. Sean Wickens. Mr. Mister. Yes. Whom the both of you actually you and Yeah, I so I sourced him because we have a more similar performance style. But I know him through Allison and an open mic that she used literally to. Literally through me. That's right. Literally, literally. How, how many, that great open time. mic. Exactly. It was a great, oh, was yeah. a great one. Yeah. It was. Awesome. It was how many years ago was that? Oh, just a year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that Wayward Social? Yep. Yeah. Definitely in twenty seventeen. Cool. It was yeah. 2017. Yeah. And it was good. It was good times. It was a fun opening. I really enjoyed that spot. I liked how in that spot you would have actual audience members. <laughs> <laughs> that was a plus. People yeah. would come. I, you know what? I was never able to put my finger on it, but it was the <laughs> audience. People came to watch <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. You know, I and thought about left. it and I said, I, it keeps me coming back. That's right. <laughs> This week we have clips of you when you were 14, Sean, and these are prank calls that you actually have up online. But these, um, you, these are on YouTube, yeah. So if people want to actually listen to them on their own time and rate them on YouTube, they have that option. They can, yeah. Which is this first one we're going to hear, and could you give us a little context? First of all, how did you even think about doing prank calls in the first place? 
this is a little misleading, but uh, so on this vi- the videos, I have a picture of a kid who looks like what I might have looked like when I was 14. That's actually my nephew. These were done when I was like 18. <laughs> yeah, just being a um, shithead kid, I think, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I was going to describe yeah. how anyone begins a prank phone call. You're like, sure. well, I was a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I used to use those soundboards, you know, like, oh, mis- sure. and to do all my prank calls. Yeah. And it was so much But also, fun. yeah, and also bored. You wanted your friends to think you were funny. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. much, yeah. I think that, in essence, prank phone calling is like was like a little bit of the start of another one of our performance courses. We were doing bits. Sure, yeah. We were just doing bits, and yeah. it was great because the bit was funnier if the person like got mad. Right, right. <laughs> kind of like the uh, foreshadowing of sketch comedy if it's in capacity. Sure. Right? This has a small connection to the Dig Dug tweets. Ooh. Because this was just a funny phrase that I came up with, a, a, a phrase that made me laugh. And then I just ran with it. And it goes a little something like this. Stay away from the phone. Nellie says it's answer. Can I help you? Birthday fudge. Pardon me? Uh, I'd like to get some birthday fudge for my mom. Okay. Do you want it mailed to her? Is this a mail order? Mm, I wanted to pick it up. Okay. What kind of birthday, sure. birthday fudge do you have? Well, we... Are you talking, um... The hot fudge in a jar, or are you talking about the candy fudge? Um, fudge for birthdays. Okay. Um, sure. What flavor? What flavor did you want? Uh, um, we have chocolate, chocolate walnut. Chocolate, chocolate. We have. It's plain chocolate. Yes. Mhm. How much did you want? Mm, tub. You mean a pound of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. We have it. You can come in and pick it up anytime. Will it have my name on it? The birthday fudge? We don't carry it. We don't have birthday fudge. Mm. It won't say happy birthday on it. We have a piece of milk chocolate that says happy birthday on it. Fudge flavored? It's chocolate flavored. It's milk chocolate candy okay birthday fudge well we we have plain fudge but it won't say happy birthday on it okay but oh, okay it's here all the time okay you can look at it when you come in <clears throat> okay all right birthday fudge okay, okay. all right bye whoa man that Here's- was that was that was serious very high concept yeah, I've had successful prank phone calls equally, and mm-hmm. it's just an unsuccessful one is one where they curse you out and hang up on you immediately. Sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they know what's going on. Yeah, and then the other ones are like, "How dumb do they think?" Well, yeah, yeah. Who I, do they have to deal with on a daily basis? I think she thought I was pretty dumb, but I my, really my only plan was to like. I think birthday fudge is funny to say. <laughs> And I'm just going to say it a bunch of times. I really didn't have much of a story mapped out for that prank phone call. Was that your first time doing a prank call? I don't know if that was my first time. It might have been early on in taping them. Yeah. So I struck gold pretty early. <laughs> Where was this candy store located? <laughs> that's Mally's Chocolates. Uh, I believe that's still on Brook Park Road in Cleveland, Ohio. It's pretty well known around those Did you ever parts. Eat, you, ate, you ate there ever? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you go there after this? Not to ask for that specific thing, no. But <laughs> got a birthday fudge for yeah. me. <laughs> it's you, me. You yeah, may, you may know me from YouTube, right? 
I did follow that up with like sort of a sequel though, where I called up Kmart and uh, Hot Topics and stuff asking for space pants. <laughs> space pants. Yeah. Uh, and that seems like it should be a thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. And birthday fudge equally seems like it could exist. It could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where the space pants ones are, but well, they're on they, a tape somewhere. They, yeah, they were a thing though, and certainly a reasonable request. Yeah. You fooled them. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember my whole thing was to call up restaurants and order food that's not on the menu and and get really mad that they don't have it. Right. And then try to explain to them how they could cobble it together out of other ingredients. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like, you know, I'd call a pizzeria and just ask for a burger. I was on the the receiving end of a prank phone call, actually. Did you not realize until way too deep and then you felt really bad? Um, I just was completely oblivious. It was really, I was just oblivious. But that's, you know. (laughs) Surprise, I, surprise, oblivious <laughs> child. <laughs> I just got a prank call at Emily recently, and they were like, um, suck my ass. That was all. <laughs> but uh, someone called recently about a year ago. It was the best prank call I've ever gotten. I don't even know if it was a real prank. I think someone was just trying to get free pizza. But this guy called, and he was like, yeah, I got a complaint. I was like, okay. <laughs> it already sounds <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I got my pizza, with, and it had a nasty surprise. Oh. And he tried to say that so somebody uh either peed or came on his pizza wow and that we served it to him but he wanted it for free but just a nasty he got a complaint got an, my pizza arrived with a nasty surprise cheese <laughs> you know <laughs> you know i hadn't thought about this but it's possible that i first knew what prank phone calls were because i got pranked when i was eight what what how yeah. um I was, and you were still having like the PTSD. <laughs> I guess. So. Well, I was. It was like at the age where I was like finally staying home by myself and like watching my younger sister. And some guy called and asked for my mom. Mom was always like, "Don't tell anybody that I'm not home." So I was. It was always like she's in the basement doing laundry or she's in the shower. <laughs> and the guy, he was like, "Tell your mom I want to lick her pussy." And I was oh. like, Scary. and I was like. I was traumatized. I hung up. I ran to the neighbors crying because I thought this guy was like nearby or something. You were you know like, I mean? okay, yeah. Scream 5 starring me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's knew- probably my first introduction to a prank phone call. That's horrifying. That's yeah. You were also real- eight and knew the word pussy. I think uh, oh totally since w- second grade I wouldn't necessarily call it a, <laughs> second grade. I wouldn't necessarily call it a prank phone call as much as I would call it a harrowing experience. Yes. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you no. tell your mom? Yeah. What'd she say? She probably said something like, "I'm sorry that you had to hear that." Unfortunately, people like to scare kids. So or I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Unfortunately, people are trying to get at my mom. <laughs> yeah. That phone call Almost that I received it. was something <laughs> similar because it. my mother right. sat me down and basically explained what happened. Yeah. Her old business that she had was a fortune cookie business. My mother had a confectionery business called Sweet Fortunes. She and a friend uh, went in on this business idea, which is really brilliant. It was putting actual, legitimate, really good sayings into fortune cookies and dipping them in chocolate. And you got these chocolate fortune cookies. So you actually wanted to, oh, I don't know, eat a fortune cookie. Sure. (laughs) You got these from restaurants or directly from them? I think they had like a seller that they uh, got the fortune cookies and uh, someone who dipped the chocolate, et cetera. And then they just worked on the marketing and sold them. And they had a number. They had a 1-800 number for Sweet Fortunes. And oh, it was here we go. 1-800-SWEET-CO. C-O. Mm. And then next thing you know, I receive a call. And I can't hear because it's very garbled. It was like, I'm looking for Sweet Cock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm looking for Sweet Cock? I'm like, what? Like, I couldn't even understand. I must have been like a, maybe 11 at the time. Sure. And 
you know when you like you think you hear something, but you're like, wait, I don't think I just heard what I just heard. Oh, so I'm gonna one. pretend I'm gonna pretend to be oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was oblivious. There's no way that somebody just asked this. And then they hung up. And then I reported it to my mother and she was like, fucking assholes. It's like the third time they've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely did some mean pranks, but I don't think I ever pranked a child. No. But, no, uh, no. Yeah, but it's I just, know. Um, it's a different game, and uh, you know, kids, they'll, they'll be able to get into it one day. Yeah. Well, let's listen to the next one. Is it similar in tone to the one we just heard? I don't know. It's definitely messing with somebody. Pay less, <laughs> pay less shoes. Pay less shoes, yeah. It's definitely not necessarily just like, it's not a friendly conversation. No, that, wouldn't definitely, be enter- that wouldn't be entertaining to put on the internet. Yeah, it's definitely wasting somebody's time who's at a job that they probably don't like. <laughs> That's the setup. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Here we go. And it goes a little something like this. Thanks for calling to pay less. I'm going to help you. Uh, yeah, I have sort of a complaint. I was in your store to purchase shoes about, uh, oh, this afternoon. Uh-huh. And I was in there with my toddler. And, uh, I-, I walked out of there and my toddler didn't have one of his mittens. And I th- distinctly remember seeing a fellow customer walking around with a mitten, and I thought, that looks an awful lot like my baby's mitten. So I think a customer stole my baby's mitten. Okay. Who would steal a mitten from a baby? I don't know, but, um, we don't have to, they didn't turn the mittens here. Stealing a mitten from a baby. Yeah, I don't know who did that. It makes me sick. Yes. But if anyone turns um, a mitten up here, I'll keep it up at the register, and you can call us back tomorrow. It's pink. It's pink. And it has ruffles. Okay. And it looks about the size, roughly, that it would fit a baby. Okay. Okay. Stealing a mitten from a baby. Okay. Can't believe it. Hello? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm polite at the end. <laughs> Are you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm still there. Okay, bye. <laughs> That was so crazy. <laughs> I just love the fact that you really like, doubled down so, and tried to pretend so, that you were so old good. enough to have a child. But you, you also have the the voice of like a, like and, and at that time, not I, I wouldn't say now, like right. You, but it just sounded like someone who would call up and complain about something <laughs> in name. Yeah, I somehow tapped in the fact that there were crazy people in the world. I somehow knew. Did you ever listen to the Jerky Boys? I never listened to Oh, sure. To yeah, yeah. Didn't they do also like a lot of prank calls on radio shows too? Like wasn't that sort of a trope in the 90s where in the morning shows they would just prank call people? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I knew the Jerky Boys CDs. I guess I could call them uh, influential. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like I suppose they yeah. inspired sure. this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And then like what? Famous pranksters in history. There was that. And then there was uh, Bart Simpson. And then uh, Evis and Butthead would do it too. I think famous pranksters yeah. throughout history. Well, I don't um, remember. I don't remember real and not Hitler. Real. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there, you weirdo. Always pulling chairs Charles out. Yeah, he's like, nah, I got him. I don't remember the name of the guy, but one of the college radio stations in Cleveland used to play these prank phone calls to a bar. I think this is what the what inspired the Bart Simpson stuff because like this old crusty dude would answer the phone and they would fuck with this guy and he would just say the weirdest stuff like. 
I'm gonna come on down here. I'm gonna open your gut up and show you all the black stuff inside. <laughs> like he was nasty. Ooh. Yeah, and that was like what a college radio station would play as a promo for for themselves. But if you said that was a influential The Simpsons, how old was that then? Oh, those might be from like the 70s or 80s. That's those are like amazing. when people would make copies of copies of copies of stuff and like throw them around. You know, people. when my dad tells me about that stuff, he's like, "Yeah, you know, we would we would have our tape recorder like next to the radio." Oh and go, yeah. Man, your life was really boring. <laughs> <laughs> it took a lot of work for you to be entertained. Yeah, like he's like, well, it's the only way for us to get that music. I go, yeah. I can see why music meant a lot. Right, like, right. It, it, it was hard to hear. Yeah, you couldn't just make it happen. There's at also any moment. there's also a guy who taped himself locked in his bathroom, and I forget the name of this guy, but it's his mom yelling at him through the bathroom door about what a loser he is, oh. and he has like. I, I'm intrigued by this. You, I bet you could find it on... Somebody's uploaded it to YouTube. But I think he's got like 50 minutes of just like his mom screaming at him. You know, it's one of the weirdest things, and this is sort of disconnected, but it just is this idea of like... <laughs> there was a movie that came out, and I think it was like it's a bad Comedy Central TV movie. Mm-hmm. And in that film, it was called Porn and Chicken. I don't remember when this movie that came out. That really oh, yeah, yeah. sounds really familiar. There was a character in the movie... Um, name with my name, James Hoffman. <laughs> and there's this part where they're listening to an answering machine message that he has, and he goes, I, James Hoffman, am a failure. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, I remember he, like watching it, and he like, and he taught the same like subject in the school that my dad taught, who also uh, has my name. And it was just like, I wonder if this is like someone who took my dad's sure, class. Yeah. You never know. And now hates his guts or something. Like, and I feel like I have to, I have to put it in something now. Yeah. Like sample it in a rap song. Have you seen the documentary? It used to be on Netflix called "Shut Up, Little Man." It was like one of those common tapes that people would pass around, and it was just like neighbors arguing. And it was like, oh my god! And people were like, I got the tape. This guy would always be like, "Shut up, little man!" Is like something he would say to his roommate. Yeah. But it was like these guys lived in San Francisco. They put a microphone out their window and recorded their <laughs> neighbors, and they find the guys who were their neighbors like i think they're both dead or one of them is still alive i saw the documentary like eight years ago but it was pretty great because i had heard some of those tapes i'm like oh man these are hilarious and then you forget that there's like actual lives <laughs> there's people behind those voices <laughs> yeah oh man we have time for one more clip and it actually is a little more recent and it doesn't necessarily constitute as a prank call but it is somewhat similar well, it's definitely sort of, I guess, some uh, sleight of hand on my part. But when I first got my first digital camera that had video, I started doing vlogs. And, and I never, I didn't do yeah. many of them. They, they were, none of them were successful. <laughs> but you put it up on YouTube. Anyway. I put them up on YouTube. I, yeah. I, you're, you're a very humble and, guy. And, and sure. currently you have 92 views, three likes, and one dislike on it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. One dislike. Valid. So this has to do with Craigslist, though. Yes. Okay. So this is me answering a Craigslist audition. To the Craigslist poster looking for an actor who can show a lot of range. Call off that audition because this video is in your inbox. Oh. God! What am I going to do? I've been embezzling money from my company and they're on to me. Oh, and I had to kill a man in order to cover my tracks. Oh, it just burns me that my kids are going to have to learn that they were adopted while I am in prison. That's all going to come out. Oh, 
What's this? A cool, refreshing Coca-Cola. Don't mind if I do. It's just what the doctor ordered. I hardly feel like a lunatic anymore. Wink. Smile. Remember at the beginning of this video when drunk flashed up on the screen? Also acting. Boom. So that was uh, amazing, is what that, that was. That, that was bookended yep. by a photo of yeah, you. You look, you look drunk. I was like, he's <laughs> doing this edition drunk. I can play drunk. It says, I can play drunk. Opinions are like a holes. Yeah. It's a photo of you pointing to a light bulb with a butt. <laughs> more that was my vlog. But more importantly, you yeah. did not have a beard back then. No. You have a mighty beard now, as prefaced earlier in the show. That's um, right. Going on, I think, seven, six or seven years. Now. For a second, I didn't Ooh. know who it was yeah. in the clip. Yeah. I was like, who is that guy? Oh, yeah. He has a, a face under there. A different person. I do look younger without the beard. I feel like I feel like I look much younger without this beard. I feel you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it might be um, the white hair. You guys it all could have be. Beards. It went pretty gray, yeah. yeah. Well, you know why? I don't have a beard, but you. We're, we're I all, wish I could grow a beard. We're all striving to be such as to somehow grasp some shred of manliness any way we can. Sure, you guys are doing a solid job. Thank you, thanks, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> You're we, welcome. We do. Uh, we, I don't know if you have a sarcasm gland. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say thanks, but yeah. My sarcasm gland uh, gets larger the, lar the more that my beard is because I recognize <laughs> that I am uh, grow it's, it's growing longer at the tooth every day the more I let the beard grow out. Oh, I see. I think the, the longer your beard gets, the more Jewish you look. And thus the sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> I have thought about cutting off my pubic hair and using it as a beard. <laughs> Is that a weird thought to say out loud? Uh, gor nope. Gorilla, nope. gorilla mask, is I what mean, say? Take it. What's, take it. What's weird? You know? What is weird? I, I mean, everything. Comedy. Uh, I will say that I, I really do feel like I've kept the beard because people will come up to me and touch it without um, without them asking permission. Oh. I prefer that from them rubbing my bald head. Oh, yeah. Also, mm. why are people touching you without asking you? Yeah, first? I don't know. Uh, it's called, a, I think this is uh, an happens. issue right It's called now. assault, yeah. and, uh, and it's, called, it's like one of those reverse patriarchy things. Sure. Where? It's usually dudes. Really? Yeah. Guys grab sometimes, on your beard? Sometimes it's women, yeah, but it's usually guys. Yeah, the I was going to say, time I've ever, yeah. The only time I've ever grabbed a beard was our first guest for Lost and Rewound yay, yay years ago, uh, Josh Telson. He lives in Berlin, but he was visiting New York, and when I saw him, he is infamous in his uh, improv scene out there for being the, the one with the beard. Ah. His beard is like twice as large as yours. Yeah. And I grabbed it, and it was not a good idea, but he, <laughs> but he, but he gave me a pass because we've known each other for 30 years, so it's like, what's whatever. Okay, I mean, like, there's a, like there it's, yeah. When, sure. I, when I had long hair, women used to touch my hair a lot without my, ask, without my permission. On the train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's weird. When you, don't, when you never... don't want to be touched by any Girls would come by yeah. and go, oh, my God, look at his hair. And then right. they would come in like, oh, and they would just like run their fingers through Don't it. touch any. Everyone yeah. just keep your hands yeah. to yourselves. Keep your hands to yourselves. We got to go in a little bit. I wanted to bring up one last thing, which is that I know we forgot to bring up is uh, you have a website, Sean, uh, called Bad Theater Fest. It's technically Bad Theater Fest slash Bad Film Fest. Could Correct. you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, um... 
this was started by my friend Star Kendall and I, and we thought it would be just funny to do a festival of bad theater. And we also thought, like, if it fails, nobody will care because it was a, a bad That's theater true. fest. Yeah. It ended up being, like, kind of impor- more important thing than we thought because we were, we got a lot of submissions from people who were like, I've never performed before and I have no clue where to take something. Or I've had something rejected by other places and I'm like, so I'll try this place. Um, and, uh, and you guys yeah. seem like you're right at my alley because yeah. everybody else says I'm awful. Right. So that's true. Bad theater fest. It's not really so much like we're calling this bad. It's just sort of like what is bad or everything is bad to something, you know. But we we do get like a lot of tongue in cheek weird things. We had a naked TED talk recently, which was a guy who was nude and he was just <laughs> I'm giving. There. Yeah, I'm already there. Uh, but then we've had His name like was Ted. Yeah, and then we've had very like sort of noble nice productions so it was a random thing that we've started and we've kept on going and then the film fest is just whatever you want to send us and Goof, ha- goofy goofy shit and how can people send their stuff and where should they go to learn more about it uh badtheaterfest.com we're currently taking submissions of short films for for the bad film next bad film fest which is uh, indeterminate at the current moment indeterminate uh, yeah but we might do a screening of Four feature-length films in February. Oh. We're looking for a space. All right, all right. Where can uh, people find your stuff online? Uh, you can go to seanwickens.com. Twitter as well, right? Schwickens. At Schwickens. Ah, <laughs> oh, Schwickens. Yeah. Wow. Love it. It's so good. Yeah. That's amazing. Dude, you are hysterical. I'm so glad that uh, you uh, brought us into your life as another Radio Free Brooklyn show to add to your repertoire. Happy to be here. You added to our repertoire. The one and only Sean Wickens this week on Lost and Rewound. If you have any comments, you can take it to us at Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Hopefully we didn't offend any of y'all and we totally astounded all of y'all. Find me on uh, Mondays at Tilt Bar, 9 p.m., Wednesdays, Lovecraft, and follow my Instagram and give me likes so that I can get through the day. Slim Jim Jammer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> take care, everyone. Signing off for another edition of Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Peace. Bye. Hooray. Yay. Copies of 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 copies I wonder if that's a New Jersey thing I wonder if that's a New Jersey thing I don't know I don't know what it is wait what is a New Jersey thing gasoline I you know what shut up